Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. I hope that uh, your Christmas Eve has begun uh, blessed and that you're excited to get to celebrate the good news that Jesus has come. Uh, if we haven't had a chance to meet, my name's Ethan. I get the, the great privilege to be the pastor here uh, at what I think is the greatest church on planet Earth. Uh, and uh, if you're new with us, maybe you're looking for a church home, uh, you won't find a better church than Central Church. Uh, uh, my mom says we have the best looking pastor uh, in the city. Uh, so, uh, hey, uh, thank you. She's in the, she's in the room. Um, <laughs> Hey, you know, Christmas, uh, I love Christmas. Me and my family, we've been celebrating uh, really for the last two months. On November 1st, we start celebrating Christmas. And Christmas, so much of it is, is about celebrating the, and the holiday and all that comes with that, right? We have parties and kids get off school and all of those great things. But really, when you think about it, Christmas is really about news, isn't it? The angel comes to the shepherds in the field and says, I bring you good news of great joy. Now, I don't know about you, but I can use good news in my life, right? I think that in our world today, we kind of have a strange relationship with the news, right? Sometimes we trust the news, sometimes we don't. Maybe we just get used to hearing bad news. A couple weeks ago when gas prices started to fall, I got my phone out and I was going to Google, like, why are gas prices going low? And then I thought, you know what? It's going to be bad news, right? So I'm just not going to look at it because ignorance is bliss. But so much of Christmas is celebrating the good news that Jesus has come. The good news that the Messiah is here. And so when we think about that good news that Jesus has come, well, we want to think about Jesus. We want to think about who Jesus is and why did he come and all of those things. And so over the last several weeks here at Central, what we've been doing is we've been walking through John chapter 1, just the first five verses of John chapter 1, and we've been taking a verse each week. And so this week we come to John chapter 1, verse 5. Now I want to read these first five verses. We'll focus our time together this morning just on that fifth verse. But listen to what God's Word says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now listen to verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's the good news of Christmas. The good news of Christmas is that the light shines in the darkness, and the, the darkness has not overcome it. Now, when we think about this verse, you think about John chapter 1, verse 5. If we were going to summarize it, maybe put it into our own words, this is the way that I would do it, that Jesus changes bad news to good news. That's, that's the good news of the gospel, that Jesus changes bad news to good news. So if we, we think about here in verse 5, the light shines in the darkness. We can think about it this way, that the bad news is bad. The bad news is bad. No one likes to hear bad news. No one enjoys getting bad news. But sometimes the bad news makes the good news just a little sweeter, doesn't it? This is why when someone says, well, I've got good news and I've got bad news, which one do you want first? Uh, my response is always, give me the bad news because I want to end on the good news, Right? The bad news is bad, and we don't want to hear that, but sometimes it makes the good news sweeter. Here in verse 5, 
John writes, the light shines in the darkness. So first question is this, what is the light? What's the light that he's talking about? Is he talking about a flashlight? Is he talking about a candle? No, he's talking about Jesus. All right, if you were to go back to verse 4, it says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, John isn't going to name Jesus until much later in chapter 1. But he, he gives us these clues all through chapter 1 that, that this one who has light, this one who gives life, that this is Jesus the Christ. You know, John's the, the gospel doesn't start with the virgin birth. It doesn't start with the genealogy. But John says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Right? John begins assuming that we understand, assuming that we know that this Word that he's talking about is Jesus. Now, he says the light shines in the darkness. Okay, well, what is this darkness? Where does it shine? It shines in the darkness. If this light is what makes us alive, then it would follow that, that this darkness is where death reigns. It's where sin reigns. He says the bad news is bad. We need to understand what the darkness is. Now, some of you are saying, even it's Christmas Eve. I don't want to talk about darkness, right? I don't want to talk about Christmas lights. But we're going to understand just how good news Christmas is, just how great Christmas is, that it's joy for the world. Then we have to understand this joy for the world that makes his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Right? If we're going to understand why that's joy, we've got to understand what the curse is. Right? We've got to understand what the, the bad news is. See, the, the bad news is, is that apart from Christ, we all walk in darkness. Apart from Christ, we, we all, you and I, we experience life that is really just a walking dead. It's spiritual death. And, and here's the bad news about this darkness. The bad news about this darkness is we are not simply surrounded by darkness. We are infected with darkness. Right? We aren't, the, the problem isn't simply around us. The, the problem is in us. This darkness is what the Bible calls sin. Sin is just really simply, it's missing God's mark. It's missing God's standard, and sin is what separates us from God. See, understand this. Your sin, my sin, is enough to keep us from heaven. My sin, your sin, is enough to keep us, to separate us from God. And this sin is bad news. He, he says that the light shines in the darkness. Now, it, that word darkness that he uses there, it, it doesn't just show our reality, but it also it highlights the severity of our problem. See, he could have used a couple different words for darkness, but the word that John chose here is the word that means the deepest dark, the, the most dark, and it carries with it this idea of, of darkness of mind and of spirit. This darkness is dark, and yet this is where Christ shines. About a year and a half ago, me and my family, we moved into a new house and a, a new neighborhood. And uh, the first night that we, that we slept in the house in my bedroom, we, we didn't have the blinds up yet. And there were street lights, or there are street lights that uh, are kind of on the edge of our driveway. And they were shining right into our bedroom. And I looked at my wife and I said, this is not going to work. Right? Uh, and she said, well, don't worry. The, the blinds are going up tomorrow or the next day or whatever it was. And so we put the blinds up. And the first night I lay down, and that pesky streetlight is still shining into our bedroom. So I got the chainsaw, and I cut the light down. <laughs> Not really. I didn't really do that. I wanted to. I thought about it. My wife says, you know what we need? We need blackout curtains. I said, well, what are blackout curtains? She said, well, they black out things. I'm like, 
thank you, right? I, I get that, right? I understand that. And so uh, she, she doesn't go to the store. She goes to Amazon uh, and orders blackout curtains, and she hangs these curtains up. And blackout curtains are a gift from the Lord, right? Uh, we hang these curtains, and I lay down at night, and I can't even find the bed, right? I, I, can't, I can't see my hand. I, can't, I mean, it was dark, right? That street lamp might as well have been chopped down because it wasn't shining in anymore. It was dark. What, what John says here is that the light of Jesus shines in the darkness. Now understand, this doesn't mean that we are as sinful as we could be. But what it does mean is that we have sinned enough. We have sinned enough. We've missed God's standard. And understand, this is where we get confused sometimes, that, that the standard isn't our standard. The standard is God's standard. The standard is not that, well, I'm doing better than he is, right? Look, I might not be perfect, but let me tell you about my cousin, right? We all have that cousin, right? Uh, Or maybe that brother or that sister, right? Uh, I I might not be doing great, but let me tell you about this person. Let me tell you about that person. That that is not the standard. The standard is Jesus. I've got got four kids, um, and my kids amaze me regularly. They amaze me with their obedience, but they also amaze me with their disobedience, too. They amaze me that they can learn things that I I didn't have to teach them. One of the things that my kids picked up that I didn't have to teach them is one of them will get in trouble, and the response nine times out of ten is, but he did it, or she did it, and she didn't get in trouble. He didn't get in trouble. And my response is, they were smart enough to not get caught, bro, right? Uh, But what my kids need to learn is that the standard is not... What does my brother get away with? The standard is not, well, I haven't been as bad as my sister. No, the standard is altogether different. In the same way God's standard for you, God's standard for me, isn't someone else. Your standard isn't his standard. His standard is Jesus, and the bad news is is that we can't hit it. The bad news is, is that we have missed the mark. See, the, the bad news is bad, but the good news is better. Right? The, the bad news is bad, but the good news is better. There in John chapter 1, verse 5, he says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. After hearing the bad news, the good news, it gets even better. Aren't you glad that the story doesn't end with bad news? Aren't you glad that this morning, maybe you, you, might be, you might say, hey, you know what? I'm not walking in light. I'm walking in darkness. Here's the good news of the gospel is that the end of your story does not have to be darkness. Right? The end of your story can be light. I don't know if you ever watched a movie uh, that ends with bad news rather than good news. No one likes that movie. Right? That movie doesn't win any awards because here's the thing. You and I, we were made, we were created for happy endings. How do I know that? Because we were created to live life with Jesus, right? We we were created for good news. And this good news is that Jesus overcomes. He shines through the darkness. See, to understand how good the good news is, we've got to understand the bad. And until we understand the bad news, we cannot comprehend just how good the good news is. He says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The the light of Jesus is more powerful than the darkness ever could be, right? That Jesus is more powerful than whatever else that is. This is the the good news of the gospel, that though the world is dark, 
Jesus shines brighter and Jesus shines stronger. In other words, Jesus always wins. Jesus always wins. That's the good news that we've been given. And what's so great about Jesus' victory over darkness is it isn't just his victory. But he offers this victory to you. He offers this victory to me. He he invites us to be freed from walking in the darkness and to experience his grace. Listen to some of these promises in John chapter 8, verse 12. We read this. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John chapter 12, we we see something similar. I've come into the world as light so that whoever believes in him may not remain in darkness. Jesus' desire for you, Jesus' desire for me, is that we would experience the life that only he can give. That's the point of Christmas. Jesus came so that you could experience life. He came so that you could experience grace upon grace upon grace. He came to give you everything that you have been looking for. And because the light of Jesus wins, what this means is that there is always hope. You might come into this place today feeling hopeless. Or maybe you didn't come in today feeling hopeless. But maybe you feel like you're limping through Christmas. I was on my way to church this morning. I was riding with my, my wife and, and my kids. And, and she said, you know, every year it feels like somebody gets sick at Christmas. All right, maybe you can identify with that. Feels like someone, so, something happens, one of our kids ends up sick. And she said, you know, I'm, I'm tired of just limping through Christmas. I, wanna, I, just, I don't even want to run through Christmas. I just want to walk. Maybe you feel that this morning. You feel like you have just been limping through Christmas, and maybe you feel you've just been limping through life. You feel like, man, there's got to be something more. That this can't be the way that I was meant to live. And you would be exactly right. So you might feel hopeless today. You might feel like you're limping along today. But what we see here in John chapter 1, verse 5 is this, is that people like you and people like me who are tired and who maybe are limping are exactly the kind of people that Jesus came to save. It's exactly who Jesus has come for. Now, understand this. None of us have done anything to earn God's love. You might say, Ethan, the reason I feel this way is because of all the bad things I've done. That might be true, but here's the good news is none of that disqualifies you from the love of God. Right? None of that disqualifies you from Jesus being able to save you because the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. Right, the darkness that you've experienced, maybe even the darkness that you have practiced, is nothing for the light of Jesus. You know, I told you about those blackout curtains. You know, that room gets really dark. But you know, whenever my phone gets a notification and it lights up, and I try to ignore it, right? but it lights up, you know it shines in the darkness, And if my iPhone can shine in the darkness of that dark bedroom, Jesus' light can shine in the darkness of your dark life. That Jesus can overcome that darkness. The good news is is that you and I, we we don't have to try to earn our way. No, Jesus offers it to us freely. We trust him and he saves us. Here is, here's the most amazing thing about Christmas. 
our God is sovereign by right of who he is. But he's the savior by choice of what he's done. Right? That Jesus Christ is the savior because he wanted to be. You know, one of the ways we, we talk about this around here at Central, the gospel, this good news, is we, we talk about it in three circles. So we think about God's design. That first circle, God's design. God did not design you. He did not design me to live in darkness. He, he didn't design this world to walk in darkness. So he designed you and I to have a perfect relationship, perfect communion, perfect fellowship with him. Well, if he designed us for that, why isn't that what we experience because of sin? Well, we've already talked about. Right, that our first parents, Adam and Eve, that they, they were our representatives. And they, they sinned. God said, don't eat this fruit, and they ate the fruit. And what the Bible tells us is that with sin came death. And so sin leads to brokenness. Now, maybe you've experienced, or maybe you are experiencing brokenness, and the question is not, have you ever experienced brokenness? The question is, what kind of brokenness are you experiencing right now? Right? It could be a broken family, it could be a broken relationship, but the effects of sin we all feel, it could be a broken body. Right? That, that disease and decay, that wasn't the way God intended for you and I to live. But sin brings death and it brings disease and it brings decay and it brings destruction. And then what we try to do is we try to fix our brokenness on our own. And what happens is that leads to more brokenness. Right, that leads to brokenness in other areas. And so it, brokenness is not just left to one part of your life, but it seeps out into every other part of your life. That I'm not getting what I want over here, so I'm going to try to get it over here, and then I just end up messing this up. Right, the brokenness ends up going. And what the Bible tells us is that though we all experience brokenness, and though we all have experienced brokenness in our life, if we will repent and believe, that word repent means that we just turn from our sin. I heard someone say that, well, repenting means doing a 360 from your sin. That's not true because that means you just turn all the way around and come back to it, right? No, repenting is a 180, right? It's turning and it's walking the other way. It's walking away from your sin, trusting that Jesus offers you something better, repenting and believing, right? Believing that Jesus is the king of the universe, that he is the Savior who has come for you. He's the Savior who has not just come for people like you. He's the Savior who has come for you. And that if we will repent and believe the gospel, this gospel is the good news that Jesus has come. That he's lived a perfect life. And he died a sinner's death in our place. And that on the cross, Jesus took all of God's wrath for all of our sin. And that because of what Jesus did on the cross, you and I, we don't get punishment. But see, Jesus was beaten, he was hung on the cross, then he was buried, but he didn't stay dead. This is why Christmas is good. Christmas is good because Easter is true. He, three days later, he rose from the grave, and he conquered sin, and he conquered death, and he proved that his sacrifice was acceptable. And if we repent and believe, then we are freed to recover and pursue God's design for our life. That we can recover and pursue, we can, we can live in 
fellowship and in communion with our God. We can trust that death is not a period, but death is a comma. Right? That death is moves from being an enemy to now being a tool that our God uses. That he has promised to bring us to him. See, this is why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas because of the good news of the gospel. That Jesus came so that we, we wouldn't have to keep walking in darkness, but that we could walk in light. That we could experience life that only he can give. My teeth, and I need some of that. That's, that's what I, I need that. That's what I'm looking for. How do I get that? Well, it's really simple. It's not that you got to clean yourself up and then come to Jesus. It's not that you've got to try to figure out this and that and then you can come to Jesus. And you know what Jesus says? He says, come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He, he doesn't say, he doesn't say, come to me after you've got it figured out. He doesn't say, come to me once you've got it all straightened out. No, he says, hey, you, come to me. He says, I'm gentle and lowly. I'll give you rest. And so maybe that's you. Maybe this morning you would say, I need I need that. I need to trust in Christ. Well, if that's you this morning, here's here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you to do just that. I would encourage you to trust in Christ. Well, how do I do that? Well, it's a a heart response. But oftentimes, a, a heart response is shown through words. And so maybe... Maybe this morning, just kind of show or kind of know that heart response. You just pray something like this. God, I know I'm a sinner. And I know that I need a Savior. God, I know that Jesus is that Savior. So, Jesus, would you save me? You know what's amazing about that? The Bible says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He doesn't say might be saved. He doesn't say may be saved. No, he says you will be saved. That's good news. Right? See, the bad news is bad, but the good news is better. Jesus changes bad news to good news. And so maybe, maybe say, hey, I'm, I prayed that prayer. I need to pray that prayer. Or well, I've got some more questions about this or that. You see that slide on the screen? We believe everyone here has a next step. You can scan that QR code and it'll take you to a web page and you can just kind of raise your hand on that web page and say, hey, I need to talk to someone about Jesus. Maybe you say, hey, I, I'm looking for a church. I'm new to the area or I, I need a, a body of believers to, to walk with. I need to grow in my faith with Jesus. You can go to that QR code. Everything, everyone has a next step. We put that on there, not because it's cute, but because it's true. And that we all have a next step with Jesus. So I'm, I'm going to pray and, and we're going to sing one more song. But before I do that, here's, here's what I want to encourage you with. Don't let this moment pass you by. 
don't let this Christmas pass by and miss Jesus. Don't, don't let this Christmas pass by and miss life and freedom and forgiveness. Would you pray with me? Father, we, we are so grateful for your grace and your mercy. Father, we are so grateful for your love to us. Father, we are grateful that the light of Jesus shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness doesn't encroach on the light of Jesus. The darkness doesn't stop the light of Jesus, but the light of Jesus shines. And Father, we, we pray that the light of Jesus would shine on us this morning. God, that we would experience His grace and His mercy even right now. And Father, I pray for those who are, who are maybe sitting here this morning and they're saying, I need that. I'm tired of walking in darkness. I want to walk in light. God, I, I pray this morning that, that you would welcome them to the light. Father, this morning that you would overcome their will. You would overcome their hesitation. You, you would overcome whatever it needs to be. And Father, that you would bring them to them. You would bring them to you, Lord. That you would bring them to that place where they say, God, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, save me. Father, we pray this and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.